Congregation and welcome to Horror Movie Talk's special Midnight Mass After Show. On a normal episode of Horror Movie Talk, we will review and discuss one horror movie uh, in detail, but for this series of eight episodes, we'll be having an opinionated and accidentally funny discussion on each episode of Midnight Mass by Mike Flanagan, Papa Flanagan, as we will call him. Your panel of Expert hosts each week are Dr. Bryce Hansen. He uh, sits across from me. Hi. He, he holds a PhD in spookology um, and something else. Oh, yeah, no, fake theology. Fake theology. And uh, and me, Professor David Day, I am the foremost expert in scare no-nos. So with no further ado, here is the Midnight Mass After Show with Horror Movie Talk. Man, uh, this second episode... Wait, we gotta we gotta open a word of prayer. Oh, my apologies. Uh, yes, let's uh, let's pray to Papa Flanagan, the Creator, dear Creator Mike Flanagan, from whom all Netflix shows flow uh, that are worth watching. Please bless this episode and do not uh, curse it. We we come to you with a humble understanding of of your 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 overall work preach and 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 we just we just pray that you continue to bless us with uh fabulous horror content the likes of which uh, the, make the world a better place to live um and with that uh thank you papa flanagan and amen amen <laughs> this second episode uh is called book two psalms and um and we pick up where we left off the day after the storm but there's an unexpected surprise all washed up on the beach holy moly man that quite the uh quite the set piece there um it's a real strange meowment <laughs> oh my god david 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 this episode contains death the building of relationships the building of faith and even what appears to be a modern-day miracle. Uh, we get to see a little bit more of the mysterious humanoid that seems to be stalking the island and seems to be, more directly, in this episode, stalking Aaron. Um, so before we get into the spoilers and talk deeply about this second episode, um, let's go ahead and tell everyone that this episode is brought to them by nightchannels.com. Now, here's the thing. We have a little thing called the nightchannels.com challenge where we just suggest that you head on over there. No, we demand that you head over to nightchannels.com and just take a look at the shirts and sweatshirts and thing, various things that they have to clothe your body with. And uh, and that's it. That's the challenge. The, the real challenge comes in five minutes later when you're like, boy, I... I need I, to have that. I really wish I had that blue velvet shirt on my body right now. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, I really wish I had that eight bit Friday the Thirteenth shirt on my 
dusting my my mm-hmm. my tasty nips right mm-hmm. now. And uh, and if you use code HMT at checkout over there at nightchannels.com, that gets you 13% off your entire order. They have deep cut designs on all your favorite horror, alternative, metal, um, and occult imagery on on shirts and sweatshirts so you should definitely check them out they've been a longtime sponsor and the reason they continue to sponsor us is because of the night channel challenge where people just head over there take a look and then they're like i bet i could walk away from this mm-hmm. and they might for a day or two maybe a week i need that house shirt they'll be back They'll be back. So, so go to nightchannels.com and when you check out, use code HMT. Yeah, they were to get ki- that discount. They're kind enough to bring you today's whole episode. Yeah. Um, also, check out our website at horrormovietalk.com. There you'll find links to all of our, all of our social media. If you want to get a hold of us or leave us a voicemail, our number is 682-253-4468. If you want to leave any impressions about Midnight Mass or what we say on the show or, you know, um, if you have something to say about another show we do, we leave new episodes on our feed every Wednesday on the regular podcast. We review a new movie each week, so check us out there. Um, also we have a Patreon if you want to support the show directly at patreon.com slash horror movie talk. That helps us out a lot. Helps us out a lot. And, um, you know, for less than the price of a cup of coffee, you can save a podcast. Each month. Yeah. 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 For, for five bucks, you get access to our whole series of after pods on Patreon. Mm. So thanks again for listening and let's get into the spoilers for book two, Psalms. Got the flyby effect. Mm-hmm. Oh, yay, David! Yay! So, we start this episode... The This is going to be... I have a feeling this is going to be the fashion of this whole series, which is we pick up right where we left off. Yeah. Flanagan's really good at setting up um, cliffhangers in this show. Very compelling cliffhangers. I can't think of a better one than this one. A beach full of... Oh, I can. Dead cats. <laughs> Dude, dead cats? That's so... It's so random and out of out of nowhere, but then you kind of realize, oh, there's that whole, there's that whole other little island that, uh, and we just had a huge storm. So like, mm-hmm. so what? How, how, this struck me. I was like, okay, wow. So maybe maybe the storm just like had a swell, and and it just washed all those cats mm-hmm. out to sea. But at this at this start, we find oh. They've all had a little puncture wound. Yeah. yeah. It could have been someone, very lonely man on the island praying to God for just a ton of wet pussy. Uh, go on. <laughs> Ouch, Dave. Wow. Or it could have been the storm. I or mean, it could have been the storm. It's anyone's tell. Yeah, this the, this the episode mayor... tells us. <laughs> <laughs> the mayor... Is like maybe they're tiny baby sharks. <laughs> That'd be a good thing though, because because where there's sharks, there's fish. Yeah, it's it's a little weird that how uh, reticent the mayor is to accept that this is a weird thing. 
Yeah, he's like, oh, weird things happen. Oh, yeah, every once in a while, just like a super fucking weird thing happens. But, you know. One time it was Starlings. Yeah. And he's he's got that super dad vibe of anybody <laughs> who will listen. Just walking up to him is like, did you remember the Starlings? How about the Dolphins? Yeah, I love it when that's like such a strong character trait of people that don't really have a lot of personality is they they have like the one talking point they got that they have like the stock phrases that they use and they will walk to the person three feet away and say the exact same thing yeah or they'll or do you know anyone like that oh man did you know anyone like that by any chance are you uh who are you you're thinking of somebody specific i yeah i mean yes the person you're thinking of that i'm thinking of yeah yeah them big time the initials of his letter are the same initials as erectile dysfunction oh wow i mean that wasn't who i was oh really i was thinking of uh um let's see his initials were are butane turbine. Yeah, you don't okay. know. See, so you don't. No, know. I don't know. Yeah, well, you'd know if I said. But anyway, yeah, it's it's one of these things where <laughs> the sheriff is like, "Can you fucking not? Can we back up, please? I don't know if this is infectious or something." Right. right. And the mayor's like, "Nah, nah, it's okay." Uh, hey, whoa, hey, uh, you, did you hear about the starlings? <laughs> it's like, dude, get out of here. Get galoshes and 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 uh, and gloves, and everyone else will be happy if you tell them to too, because it'll show that you're yeah, a mayor I mean, for the people. If this mayor was said in in COVID times, it would be an anti-masker. Wow, I don't think that's. I'm necessary. just saying, like he was not concerned about disease. I don't think he'd be an anti-masker. I think he'd be generally unconcerned about the mask. He'd be mm. unaware. He'd be like that. You're guys, even supposed to wear the mask. The guy that wears the mask but doesn't wear it on his nose. Sure. Yeah. yeah. He's he didn't even know that there was a mask mandate. He's just like what? Huh? Uh, huh? What? Like he's not. He's honestly confused about. Oh yeah. It. He's the guy that pulls his shirt up and like, oh, I don't know. I got shirt. It's good. Yeah. Here we go. But I mean, that's it. basically what everyone else is doing yeah, anyway. You know? Yeah, he's got a point. Anyways, so yeah, the sheriff is really concerned and is like, "Do people realize how many cats are on this beach? Do you, don't you people see? There are literally hundreds of kitties. That- Look at all this wet pussy." <laughs> Yeah, no, he definitely, uh, and then, uh... This wet-ass pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Just a a shoreline full of whap. Oh, wow. This is just whap, whap, whap out here. There's whap, whap, (laughs) whap. Man. (laughs) I didn't even make that connection. Whap, whap, whap. Some wet-ass pussy. Um, now... I made a connection here, and I might be wrong, but there's a Flanagan uh, trope that I'm... I can't remember. I wish I could remember what it was, and I I didn't do any research because we're a poorly researched show. So, you know, if you have some (laughs) shit to say... Okay. Yeah. um, Yeah, we are poorly researched. That's part of being a spookologist. Yeah. (laughs) um, Idiot. So... um, We're, We're moving as the spirit moves us. Right. The spirit of Flanagan. So, what I'm trying to say is... I think this is the second or third time in a Flanagan flick or show that I've heard mention of toxoplasmosis. Mm. And so I don't know if that plays some sort of serious role in his life, but I would like Papa Flanagan to uh, come at me on Twitter and, you know, straighten me out. Tell me what your deal is with with cat shit disease. 
We h- still have that outstanding request to interview Mike Flanagan. And? Just crossing our fingers. Uh-huh. Um, my, my friend's mom got toxoplasmosis, mm. like the the serious brain injury condition. Really? Uh, and she's not, she is not the same. She got properly fucked by toxoplasmosis. Really? Oh, yo, yo, yes. Is that the same? Do you just know a lot of people with brain diseases? Because you, you mentioned someone that had, uh, uh, what was it? Describe it. Um, there's like a well-known name for it. It's, 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 I think it starts with a K. Bart, would you fetch me my brain medicine? <laughs> it was basically eating her brain alive, like the proteins. Oh, yeah. The- my, uh, my aunt got, um, the, the, uh, elk or, or wild game version of mad cow disease. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she died from it very, very quickly and tragically. Um, so I think it came from a cut of elk or something like that. Um, but yeah, yeah, my friend's mom got toxoplasmosis and it doesn't surprise me. Their house was not cleanly. Um, there was definitely cats up on the eating areas Mm. a lot. And, uh, and so, yeah, it, it makes sense, but also, isn't it like more of a thing for outdoor cats too? Like they'll. I don't think it's a huge deal with indoor cats. I don't know, but if that's the case, then then this beach full of WAP is definitely infected. Right. Yeah. Anywho, um, that was a crazy set piece. I loved it. Um, yeah. It really drew me in. Um, and and it and it makes you go, huh? Mm-hmm. Because then there's no blood. There's no. But and they yeah, all have those, these little puncture these, marks. Yeah, all these um, cats are exsanguinated. Whoa, look at you. Come in, again with that? In honor of uh, the Dana Scully poster. What are they? Exsanguinated. It means they're drained of blood. Oh. David, David this is and There's so a awkward. bite mark. Like it, sh- it shows like, yeah, there's a bite mark in, on the cats that were, you know. Okay. So. And they're not bleeding out of the it. So first... it's not like something ate them while they were in transit across the the sea well maybe it bit into them and sucked out the blood in the motion yeah as you know all those vampire sharks that's right that's probably a kind of shark right yeah well there's vampire bats so i wouldn't it would seem to dictate that there's vampires of all isn't there vampire dogs i would assume so (laughs) um if there there's yeah what would be the uh the vampire dog like what would be the best breed to be a vampire, those Chinese crested, no, the little dogs. Chihuahuas, they bite everybody. Yeah, that's good. They yeah. bite everyone. If you're most likely to go to the hospital for stitches because of a Chihuahua, basically any rat-faced dog, because it's so close to bat-faced. Ah, yeah. Um. Anyway, so <laughs> midnight mass. We're still on the shore here. Um, the pastor goes to visit the old dementia patient and administer mass or administer, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, communion. Communion. The sacrament. To to the old lady, um, allowing her to kind of partake. And she, she mistakes him for the the father of her of her of her daughter um she's like it, i thought it? i saw your father she's like is that and then she's like is oh was that monsignor pruitt so she kind of like mixes up who it is 
Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was. She thought she saw her father out the window in this episode, and then she thought when Father Hill came up that he was Monsignor Pruitt. That's right. She did that as well. Yeah. So she was like, when when Father Hill approaches her, and she goes, "Is that Monsignor Pruitt?" And like her daughter's like, "No, Mom. She's yeah. Monsignor Pruitt's like 80. Yeah, but it's stupid, bitch. But uh, you do get. <laughs> You do start to get a. Re- I didn't say that. Right, the character did. Right, so <laughs> you do start to get a good feeling for who Father Paul is, though, which is like a really well-meaning, like good man, right? Yeah, because that you're my With assumption. No ulterior motives in the other than to be good. Yeah, in the marketing of this show, it feels like it's going to be Riley versus Father Hill. Yeah, like that he's. Father Hill is going to be manipulating the town in some way, and Riley is like the atheist to defend them, you know? Right. <laughs> and and uh, you get the real sense from this episode and future episodes that uh, Father Hill is very genuine, like he's, he's um, empathetic, and he really cares about the island, and he really cares about these people, and he honestly wants to help. Yeah like the people there like he doesn't have ulterior motives ulterior motives that we know of yet or or any maybe at all yeah like, any ulterior motives other from than a place of uh, earnest love right yeah any ulterior motives are to benefit the people of the island yeah i love his character yeah but i will say the dude plays this character like David Schwimmer plays Ross Geller in Friends. I mean, see, you said that, and I just don't see it. Well, I mean, I'm you, not a huge Friends fan, but you're not a. You have how many Friends episodes have you even watched? I mean, I'm relatively familiar with David Schwimmer and his. Like, how many episodes would you say you've watched of Friends? Okay, well, that would be zero. But mm, mm, I've mm. seen enough clips that I get that that. Um, Ross is like a spastic, like nerd that, like, is super uncool. And you're you're, uh, you're listing you're listing like th- the character traits of Ross, but what I'm specifically saying is David Schwimmer plays Ross in a in, the way he chooses Ross's affect is the exact same way that. Father Paul's affect is portrayed in Midnight Mass. I mean, it's like give me an example. Like, what well, I don't, I don't see it. So I, I'm, I'm wondering what the he's uh, his speech is punctuated with exclamation marks. It's oh, it's, okay. He's he's um not necessarily spastic, but he is um he's driven by uh, like some sort of impressive engine. See, no, I I see that as like a very pastorly or like priestly form of enunciation. Like that's what it comes across to me is like during the sermons, during his like talks with people. Like, so we have a chicken is- and the egg here. <laughs> Which is it? Did Schwimmer steal it from pastors or did pastors steal it from Schwimmer? Well, I mean, they're both exaggerated. Right. So it's like, yeah. yeah, David Schwimmer is has an exaggerated cadence because he's like... You know, again, the character is a little spastic, so yeah. it's like this is the way that we got to do it, this, right? Or, yeah, or you yeah, know, yeah. or whatever. And then the 
the pastors are like yeah they, they enthusiastic and and they and hit like those punctuated hit those high to yeah the points that they're trying to make yeah you know? and that's just like a politician slash pastor slash whatever it's it's not like um but th- but it doesn't help Jesse that the Jackson ca- is going that after. the character looks a lot like David Schwimmer yeah there's David a passing Schwimmer. resemblance they got dark hair they're, they're tall they're you know I'm just saying. I'm just saying it could have been David Schwimmer. I'm glad it wasn't, because <laughs> then I'd have been like, "Oh, so it's just Ross." <laughs> um, yeah, David Schwimmer is is a little too David Schwimmery to be anything else. Really. Wow. I mean, the closest, the only other thing I associate with David Schwimmer is Band of Brothers. Band of Brothers, yeah. and even then, you're like, uh, can't take him. <laughs> Seriously, because it's like oh. the character is supposed to be like just a gigantic asshole, and it's like mm, it's just kind of Ross. Um, so we have the passionate sermon by uh, by Father Paul about fishermen and Ash Wednesday. I love the way he calls out the community. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm not I'm not a highly religious person or even uh, practicing at all. Uh, I don't, uh, but I love the little like. Hey, uh, what more are you here today? Uh, whoa, hey, got a little quiet there. Like, let's, uh, no, but seriously, like, I get it. I don't know exactly what it is about Ash Wednesday that brings everybody out. Um, but, um, well, it's the beginning of Lent. Oh, and yes, the beginning, the beginning of, like, of Lent that brings everyone the holy out. holy season, so leading up to Easter. Um, so, yeah, this is another example of, like, why I really, really love this show's portrayal of like religious life because that sermon feels very real mm. and it and it it shows you the meaning that it can have for these people because it's personal it's yeah. it's uh inspirational motivational and gives those townspeople that are in you know like a, a hardship just living there in terms of like economic situation and you know depending on fishing and having that limited and it gives them something to hold on to and something to hope for and also frame their lives and and uh what they're doing in a positive light and in a way that that gives them hope and that's ideally what religion can give to people like you can see like okay this can be a good thing you know and that's what's frustrating when every religious portrayal is assumed to be bad yeah in in media yeah and it's like okay well this isn't you think that just like this vast swath of society is like yes beyond reproach we want to be assholes yeah. and we want to participate in this thing that does no good for society it's like okay that's absurd okay edge lord let's yeah. uh so I mean that I really appreciate that and, and whatever you know whether you agree or believe in God or not like it's a it's a very human portrayal and it it's a it shows meaning for these people and and for these roles and uh and you can tell that 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 uh, Father Hill is very good at what he does. Yeah. Like he's very he's a very good priest. Um and very tuned into what the community needs. Yeah, he sure is, and and in to help him, he seems to have been fed just endless amounts of information by Monsignor Pruitt about yeah. everyone in the community. 
and because uh, Monsignor Pruitt's supposed to be on the mainland still, and and Riley was like questioning him about it this episode, like I because th- he's still like questioning himself whether he saw Monsignor Pruitt yeah. on the night of the storm, and he's like and. And uh, Father Paul's like, I wish, but, you know, he's, that would be impossible. He'd have to yeah. swim a long way. Yeah. Not out here. Um, and, uh, and, you know, he kind of, in this sermon, he says, you know, the same hand that deals you hardship will make you whole, which, um, you know, having seen some of the later episodes, that is something that. Um, that is a little saying that you should hold on to maybe while you continue to watch this and just think about, just think about how it can be applied because the same hand that deals you hardship will make you whole is, it's a, it's a, there is a fine point on that, um, for this series. Um, and Riley takes the dust to dust blessing. Um, yeah, kind of showing that he's opening up to at least being accepted back into the community and maybe even being accepted back into the grace of God. Yeah, well, I mean, he he was basically told by his father, you know, that he needed to come to mass, but he probably shouldn't take communion since that's a yeah, if he's not holding the spirit. And uh, we didn't talk about that last episode, but that's like that's another thing that felt very true. And that was like definitely a thing in my life of like. Um, I mean, I grew up Mormon, but we still had the sacrament. And that was a part of it. It was like, if you were struggling struggling, or, or had sinned and not repented yet, like, you don't take the sacrament. And it's a thing where, like, people might notice that you pass it because it's a thing that every everyone's doing. And if you're not, like, your family's going to notice. And so there's a little bit of uh, a shame associated with it and yeah. just awkwardness. Um, that was, Jesus was all about shame. Right. You know? He was big into shaming people. But it's, uh, it's just one of those mechanisms that feels very real. In this episode, um, they don't, it's not communion, which is a holy sacrament. Like the, the, uh, the ash thing is a blessing. And so it's not like anyone can get it. It's not just someone in good standing. And plus it's like, Kind of the, in terms of Lent, from what I understand, it's the start of um, kind of this month of uh, prostrating yourself and, and like, and uh, really sacrificing yeah to prepare yourself for, you know, the celebration that's Easter. Um, I will say that, so this is the second time I've watched this episode. This is a supremely rewatchable show and on second go through you get so much you connect so many more dots especially since you've seen through to episode four now um yeah i've actually seen the whole thing oh did you You yeah watch it and um i will say um that things like um so they're at the um they're at the uh what is it the potluck yeah, I think um, I don't I don't want to give too much away, but just to, there is a point where like um the doctor the is doctor sitting there is talking like, to her girlfriend and, and she's like noticing that and mentions that um uh Father Hill is giving her Stair Force 1. Yeah. Just like Monsignor Pruitt always did. So she was always kind of felt weird about being stared at by Catholic priests. And they figured it was because that 
she was a he. They could see her, you know, that she was gay, right? You know, or something. Just like feeling like. Well, that's what they, uh, yeah, uh, or feeling judged or feeling like you, they knew you did something wrong, kind of thing. Which is a common thing. Yeah, if you get stared down by a priest or a, you know, bishop or something, you're like, uh, sure. he knows. I wonder if they feel weird when I stare them down. Mm. He knows. <laughs> what does David know? Um, <laughs> so, and then at the, you know, that that uh, that potluck is punctuated by the tra- tragic death of Joe's giant dog. Yeah. Um, and so now in this episode, we have a, a, a litany of dead cats, and now... Basically, the only dog on the island seems to have died. Yeah, and it's set up on the first episode that Bev was not a big fan of no, Joe's dog. No, and if you rewind it, it's very obvious that it's Bev that, yeah. that poisoned this dog. Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of winking and nodding about. There's a lot of winking and nodding, but also it shows someone in a flowery dress setting, like standing up after the dog starts eating the hot dog. Right, and Bev is wearing it flowery dress so it's uh and it shows her like taking and putting back the poison in this episode and the meeting between her and the sheriff in the um in the in the little accessories closet uh is oh man it's so great where she's like she's like oh this is just open for anyone to use what are you saying are you trying to say that uh, that i am under suspicion for she just put she just says everything he's going to say and no just... see it's great because she this is why the writing's so good she doesn't say are you accusing me right she she diverts it she says oh i think i i know what you're going to say I, sh- I should I should lock, lock this up. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like all these nods to like, yeah, you're right. You're right about your suspicions and the things you're going to say. Her personality cannot accept that. Well, either she understands that he knows or thinks that she took the poison out to poison the dog, and she is deflecting by putting up her facade that she's without reproach. Yeah. Um. Or she just could not believe that anyone would think that she could do that and still puts up that facade yeah. to protect herself. Um, but yeah, it's a great, it's another great standoff moment between her and the sheriff. Yeah, this um, this goes into uh, the meeting that um, Riley has with uh, Father Paul, where he basically, this is the end of the show, um, roughly, um almost this is this is right before the miracle and and Riley's like look god has like god, god's omniscient like this is so many people so many people's big you know problem with with the idea of an omnipresent god is look at all this shit he allows to happen just terrible horrible suffering that you know that an that an omnipresent god could prevent and and yet here we are, like terrible things happening left and right, and uh, and that's that's no good in my book, and it's a good point. <laughs> it's a, it is a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Father Paul says, you know, there is, you know, there's nothing in the Bible that says you don't have accountability for your own actions. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that. 
So yeah, notably the setup for this is that they start the AA. Right, they start doing AA on the island with and Father it's, Paul. It's and just Father Paul yeah. and Riley. So it's a little I underestimated how awkward this was going to be with <laughs> just you and me sitting here um, quietly alone. But yeah, I mean it's it's a great um, setup for yeah theological or just like spiritual or discussions, you know, are between an atheist and a believer. And yeah, it's Belieber. Belieber. And yeah, um, yeah, I mean, that's uh, Father Paul's answer is probably not as satisfying, but it's it's also like frames it in a way that I think most religious people would think about it, which is like he doesn't control everything. You know, he he could, but he doesn't. He chooses. We don't we don't know what the greater plan is. And because God works in mysterious ways. Yeah. That's it's tough. It's it's frustrating though when people of faith kind of pick and choose like how they view things. Right? Oh, like oh God, you know, help me find my keys. But it's like, but he didn't save your father from horrible bowel cancer. Yeah. Well, it was really important. I find my keys. Yeah, but my keys though. Did you? Did I tell you about my key? Like I, they were lost for at least an hour. Yeah, <laughs> like they were in the last place I looked. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anywho, so that was a great. Uh, that was a great moment of, uh, and and this series would just will continue to come at you with these with these really heavy hitting theological thoughts, and I love these moments. And it's respectful. Like that's the thing. Like I don't. Here, here's the uh, contrast. This with any Aaron Sorkin script. <laughs> Help me out here. Where? Help me out here. Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin. He he did West Wing. Uh, um, he did just a ton of like political stuff. He did the the newsroom. Mm. Um, the Steve Jobs movie with uh, oh, okay. what's his name? Ashton Kutcher. So no, not the other one. Oh oh um, oh yeah. Basically, one. Aaron Sorkin's feature is that a um, lot of talking, a lot of talking, and all the speeches are like, I imagine he comes up with them um, in the shower, like, this is what I should have said. Yeah. And it's like the perfect retort to someone that's um, usually more conservative and extremely dumb, like... And all on all the scripts, it's like totally one sided that the 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 stand in for Sorkin is extremely smart, has the exact right thing to say, and is able to have like twenty gotcha moments a second mm. with the person that they're talking to, mm. and it's like the it's other not, side. It's not respectful of both sides. It's very one. It's, it's one sided, and also just makes the other person a caricature, right? Um. So in this, it's like it's not completely one-sided. No, it it's, doesn't it smash you in the to, face, face with which one is correct necessarily. It just kind of says these are differing viewpoints on the same thing. Yeah, it's one of those things where no one wins. Or if you if you put this in front of several different people, they're going to say different point, viewpoints win. It's you know? almost like Mike Flanagan is allowing for nuance. <laughs> Weird, yeah. man. Okay, well that's strange. Um. So now we have some spotting in Aaron's pregnancy, which is of of concern, but not huge, not huge concern. And uh, 
And there's something seems to be following Aaron. Something seems to have landed on her house at night. And uh, and the next day she's spotting a little bit, but the baby's okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and the uh, the drug dealer gets got by whatever mm-hmm. by something in this house that yeah. seems to be repeating his words back to him. This is so mysterious. Yeah, like, it's I'm like, like a mimic. What is this thing? Is this yeah? Is this a mimic? Like how is it throwing his voice back at him so much later? And like. And what ends up happening to him? Like mm-hmm. it's pretty certain he gets got, and he and it's in one of these abandoned houses. Mm-hmm. Um, creepy stuff. Yeah. You have any like I? I felt like this could have been the. I felt like this was probably the flying creature. Yeah, it kind of makes a turn. Like I'm trying to remember like where I was with like so what's going on with the scary mm-hmm. part? Like what's yeah. the thing? And. Um, I was starting to turn the corner on like, okay, this doesn't feel like it's a supernatural or unseen demonic force. This feels much more of like a, real a thing. physical monsters. First cats and now yeah. bull. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and then finally, the, this episode ends on a miracle, which is Father Paul um, uh, giving communion to the little girl in the wheelchair, whose name I, I just can't recall right now. I believe it's Lisa. Lisa. And he, but he's almost so creepy. It's cre- It's such a creepy moment because it's mm-hmm. almost like he's taunting her. It feels that way, right? It feels cruel. And then she fucking gets up, and everybody in the church is like, "What, what the are fuck? you? What are you doing? Like, don't yeah. do this to Lisa. Like, what the fuck? This is so beyond the pale. Like, you're not cool." And then she gets up, and they're like, "What?" And you could see Bev at this moment just be like, "Oh, it's happening." My life is going to be important now. There's going to be things happening. Things. And I will partake in them. Oh, man. Yeah. I love the end of this. There's so many good endings in this. Yeah, that's that's great. So, there's, I mean, something miraculous is happening. And it's barely hinted before then because there's a moment where Riley's mother notices she doesn't need her glasses. Yeah. Anymore. So, something's she's happening. Reading her, she's, oh, no, she's doing needlepoint. And she's like... I. Wait, I, my glasses fuzz things up. Yeah. What's what's this? And so you start noticing some of this, like a little bit of the aging makeup, makeup seems to be a Falling off. lightning. Um, so that goes back to like the, you know, conspicuous aging makeup, like what's going on there. But yeah, it's um, just a, it's just a little, little taste, little taste of what's coming. And this is like Lisa's miracle is like okay. Something big is happening right yeah, now. Huge. It's, huge. And it leaves it as a cliffhanger, which is a great place to leave it. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thanks to uh, Papa Flan. We love you with all of our hearts. Um, Thanks to nightchannels.com for sponsoring this episode. Go to nightchannels.com. Use code HMT at checkout. Also, go to our website at horrormovietalk.com to find links to everything. And and, uh, if you want to leave us a voicemail, call 682-253-4468. Make sure to subscribe to Horror Movie Talk. We do release new episodes every single Wednesday. And And share it with a friend. It really really helps out the show. Yeah, share it. Especially if there's someone that you're binging Midnight Mass with or someone at your office that you know is also watching it. Please share this after show with them, yeah. you know, um, and hopefully you'll like us 
and keep listening to us. Yeah. And uh, and so please keep listening to us. Yeah. And so with that, you guys have a great day and we'll catch you on the next episode of Midnight Mass After Show. Go with Flanagan. I didn't go missing, David. The FBI knew where I was the entire time.